Hey there, Kalila, what's it like in New York City? I'm a thousand miles away, but girl, tonight you look so pretty. Yes, you do. I wonder how many dudes try to pick up on Kalila with that <laughs> line whenever that song came out by the Plain White Tees. Like, hey, I thought it was this great thing. Here it goes. It's called Hey There, Kalila. What do you think, eh? Kalila Kuhn is my guest on Jeremiah Wonders today. Very excited to have her on the program. She is the co-host of the Tiger Belly podcast with Bobby Lee. She also happens to date Bobby Lee, so we had some very interesting conversations about that. We had some great talks about religion. She grew up in the Philippines. We covered some dark stuff. Uh, She had aspirations to swim the Olympics. We talked about that. And also, she probably shared the most shocking sax talk yet. So definitely stay tuned for that. I want to bang out these sponsors real quick. Let's bang out these sponsors, you know what I'm saying? At Bronx Born Pizza, hooking it up. Check them out. They're in Bend, Oregon. So if you're in that area, go get some freaking dope pizza. At Bronx Born Pizza on Insta and Twitter. And they're, uh, they're you know, Thomas Shivers is one of the reasons why I uh, start doing videos weekly. So thanks to him. New videos every Wednesday at jeremiahwonders.com or go to youtube.com slash jeremiahwatkins. Speedweed. What? That sticky, icky, green, green. Ganja, ganja, blue, blue, America. Kush, kush. The marijuana delivery. Check out Gino over at Speedweed on Twitter. <laughs> if you guys want to sponsor the show, you can email your boy jeremiahwatkins at gmail.com. I just jumped right into this. I didn't even ask how you guys are doing. How are you, huh? How's your day going? How was your week? Huh? I just got back from San Francisco, a little fried. But Reagan Watkins headlined some shows up there. And we had our buddy Joel, Joel Berkimenez with us. And whew, shout out to the San Francisco's comedy show, guys. The Comedy Psychos show it was amazing it's like in this backyard in the back of this coffee shop slash t-shirt shop very san francisco very alternative freaking had a blast there had a great time also joe's pizza og sponsor of jeremiah wonders at joe's pizza la on instagram tell them jeremiah watkins or jeremiah wonders sent you huh go get a slice you get a discount you heard it from joe himself on one of the early podcasts yeah maybe i should have joe on as a guest my brain is racing. I'm all over the place this episode. Speaking of Joe's Pizza, Kalila and I did not eat pizza together. And I picked up a pizza from Joe's and I figured, what better way than to have a pizza party with one of my oldest friends, Justin Alexio. I did the building years with him. We had a pizza party together. So welcome to Pizza Party with myself and Justin Alexio. Justin, what did you think of Joe's Pizza? Amazing. I've had it before, and every time I'm like, oh, is this going to be the time they fall off? And he didn't. It's still great. A+. plus. Do you have a favorite memory associated with pizza, Justin? Uh, just one time I dropped a piece, and uh, I watched a dog eat it. Pretty mad, and then... um. The owner of that dog was a cute girl that gave me her number. <laughs> Man, if people thought Justin Alexio disappeared, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
<laughs> he, he's in my living room. We just macked down on some pizza. Ooh-wee. I got a letter. I asked Justin the other week. I was like, did you listen to the whole episode? Because he said that he, he uh, listened to the episode that I did by myself. I was like, it's in the intro. I mentioned you and that. And, and somebody wrote it in the show, said, hey, what, where's Justin Alexio at right now? Like uh, from the building years, uh, you should have him on as a guest. And Justin told me that he freaking fast forwarded <laughs> through my intro of the podcast because he thought that I was doing ads and stuff. Yeah, I was doing ads, Justin. But I was also doing you, Justice, telling a story, <laughs> sharing your, your, your stuff. Anyway, I want to confront you on my podcast about that. Well, I'm sorry. I, I do it to everybody. <laughs> I do it to everybody. Mark Marin. There's, uh, you know, there's really no discrimination. So just know you're on you're on level with the Big Boy Podcast. Heck yeah, dude. Do you want to plug anything before you go? Uh, I'm gonna be. Excuse <laughs> getting flashbacks to the, the our old podcast. Mm-hmm. Listen to the building years, by the way, guys. If uh, it's it's back. Uh, Behind the Jeremiah Wonders, it's in the same feed. If you go, if you scroll to the bottom of the feed, there's literally hundreds of Building Years episodes with my friend Justin Alexio here. Yeah, just guys, I'm, I'm just doing shows in Phoenix uh, in two weeks, and then uh, I'm around town at the Ha Ha and uh, the Wake and Bake show next week. So uh, come out to that. Heck yeah, buddy! I'll uh, I'll have you on as a as a proper guest soon. Yeah, this is a little teaser. Indeed a teaser. Yes, I'll have him on soon. Love that guy. Want to get into this next thing, the kindness challenge, which I've been pushing pretty hard uh, on the podcast. I've been uh, telling you guys to email your stories in to your boy, Jeremiah Watkins at gmail.com. That's Y-O-U-R boy, Jeremiah Watkins at gmail.com. Begin some good stories. I wanted to share something that happened to me, though, that was it was definitely somebody who was a good Samaritan act that came out of nowhere. If you've listened to this podcast in the past, I had something happen with uh, my friends Willie Hunter and Jamar Neighbors, The Wave. We had Jamar's uh, car break down on... Uh, the way down to San Diego for a gig where the wave was going to headline a show down there, okay? So we had uh, some tires replaced by a Good Samaritan then. So one of the other tires on Jamar's car, whenever we were driving down to Irvine for Comedy Juice, we made it there fine. On the way back up, right after we left the Irvine Improv, his other tire blew out. We're talking chewed up like entirely. This thing was a mess. So we had to pull over on the on the five highway, right? And we pull off to an exit because it wasn't safe where we were at. His jack brakes, while we're underneath the car, luckily nobody got hurt or anything, but it fell off of the jack because the jack broke. And now the, you know, his wheel is completely almost touching the ground. So it's a mess. We can't get it back up. And we call a tow truck place. They're not coming. They give us a jack. Uh, luckily, um, our buddy Modoc hit up his, uh, his friend Daylight, who's a battle rapper. They're both, uh, in the battle rapper scene. He said that he was on the way. They were on the way. We didn't know when they were going to get there. Jamar and I are trying to flag people down in the middle of the street off, uh, this off ramp of this exit for, uh, the highway. 
right outside Irvine. People are passing us back and forth. We probably look shady. You know, it's getting late at night. It's like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock now. And uh, Jamar screams to the heavens. He looks up at the sky, and this is a pure like movie moment. He goes, why? And I start laughing. I pull out my phone because I've been Instagram storing the whole thing. I was like, dude, can I get that again? That was hilarious. Somebody heard Jamar scream, why? And they busted a U-turn, and they said, are you guys okay? Do you need some help? We're like, hey, we actually, we do need help. <laughs> we were trying to change the the tire out on our, our car, but our jack broke. This guy happens to work on cars. He gets us back up and running within 15 minutes. The battle rapper who Modoc called Daylight, he shows up with a jack right whenever the guy is putting the tire back on Jamar's car. We thanked him for coming out, and we thanked these strangers who just happened to be doing a nice thing for us. It was him and his girlfriend. They were delivering Uber Eats. They saw that we needed help, and they extended a helping hand, and I just want to share how beautiful that story is that we were down on our luck. Nobody was helping us. We couldn't get a hold of anybody, and then a handful of people came through whenever they saw that we were struggling, and that's what the kindness challenge is all about. Reaching out to some people. You may not know them at all. Do something nice for somebody and it will definitely improve your life. Literally last week I shared a kindness challenge story of my own and it was paid forward back to me this week with this this tire fiasco. So I think that was really cool and I wanted to uh, to share that with you guys. And I want to thank the, the people who helped us get Jamar's car back on the road. And hopefully his tire... <laughs> situation is done now but uh yeah willie hunter and uh jamar were troopers we were trying to (laughs) get it going but man it was uh it was a little rough but yeah i'm super grateful that uh some nice strangers helped us out and it doesn't even have to be a stranger for the kindness challenge it can be somebody that you know that just do something nice for somebody that you know it'll make you feel good paid for it i'm all about that that positive energy i'm a little bit of a hippie sometimes on this podcast but i promise you Paying that positive energy forward will pay off in your life. Yes, yes, yes. So email your boy, Jeremiah Watkins at gmail.com, your stories. Or if you have original music for the show, which I'm going to play some original music right now uh, from the band Keep It Honest with their song Two Waves. will be in Portland, Oregon, featuring for Tony Hinchcliffe. June 15th and 16th, we're doing a live Kill Tony on June 17th at Helium Comedy Club. Tuesday, June 12th, stand up on the spot at the Comedy Store in the Belly Room with Joe Rogan, Brendan Schaub, Baron Vaughn, Casey Balsham, and myself, and we'll still add a couple more comics, but you guys are first to know about that. Get tickets to that. July 13th through 15th, Skank Fest in Brooklyn, New York. We're coming, baby. July 24th, Reagan Watkins is headlining, we're headlining, headlining <laughs> the Rec Room in Huntington Beach. And Joel Berg is going to uh, be with us on that show with some other Kill Tony comedians who will be joining us as well. That's going to be great. July 24th, Huntington Beach, Reagan Watkins headlining. And then in August with Tony Hinchcliffe, I'm featuring for him on the road, and we're doing some Kill Tonys in these following cities. Cleveland, Ohio, Indiana, Lexington, Kentucky, Nashville, Tennessee, all with Tony Hinchcliffe, the Golden Pony and the Golden Goose riding together again. Those are my spots over the next couple months out of town, and then I'm always uh, around Los Angeles in the scene every night out on the week you know what i'm saying without further ado i want to get into this episode of jeremiah wonders with kalila she was a delight 
an absolute delight to have on the podcast. I love having people that are not comedians on, on the show just as much as I love having guests that are comedians on the show. It's a different perspective. She happens to date a comedian. We got into that. There's a lot of gems in here. Please welcome to the show, Kalila. We're doing it. <laughs> we're, we're, we're here on Jeremiah Wonders with Kalila, everybody. Hi, everybody. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> very, very tranquil, very... Hello. And I can't compete with Bobby. Do you, you want me to do backflips? No, you don't have to. That's I, I asked you on for completely different reasons. I wanted I wanted Kalila. I didn't want Bobby. You wanted calm and tranquil and rational. Pretty much. Thank you. Yeah. I mean <laughs> if, And possibly if, boring. If we no, I don't think it will be boring. I think I think it's gonna be I some of my favorite podcasts are with people who are not comedians because I'm around comedians all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's refreshing <laughs> being around people who, you know, more are more adjacent to it than anything. Yeah. Like you probably relate a lot to my wife because I do. And I love Maya. Yeah. Maya's great. Yeah. Uh, when I see her, it's like um, an oasis, you know. When I see her face at the comedy store, it's like, oh, look, somebody normal, yes. come to me. Yes, can we talk, please? <laughs> <laughs> Get me out of this situation for a little bit. Right. Yeah, yeah. Is it hard? Do you think is it hard dating a comedian? I think it's hard dating Bobby. I think at any profession he would have taken on, it would be hard to date him, regardless. Yeah. Um, he's just a, you know, he's. He's a funny, he's, he's a strange, strange guy. He is a strange guy. I've known Bobby for, oh, how long have I known Bobby now? Since 2000, uh, probably 11, around there. That was the first time I met him. Mm-hmm. Is he, uh, he pulled me aside at the comedy store. He used to watch the potluck open mic mm-hmm. a lot back in the day. At, on Mondays. Yeah. yeah Whenever yeah, yeah. he's single, he like, didn't have anything to do and he'd just come and chill in the back and just like be cool to comics. He'd like anytime somebody had a good set, he would, you know, kind of coach mm-hmm. them a little bit. And he pulled me aside one night and that's how I met him. And he like gave me like some words of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And because I was doing this stuff that was, I was like throwing myself all around the stage yeah. and like falling all over the place. And it was getting a good response, but he pulled me aside. He's like, he's like, that was great. But, uh, yeah, you're not going to be able to do that for very long. He's like, that That has a very short shelf life, that stuff that you were doing up there. So mm-hmm. you need to work on your writing a little bit more. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Did um, he take it well? No, he he was also very complimentary. He's like, he's like, you should be in a sketch show. Like, I can see you doing characters, like all this stuff. And that was everything that I wanted to hear from somebody like Bobby because I grew up watching him on mad tv and stuff so the fact that he was even at the open mic i was just like what is this guy doing here yeah he's pretty nurturing in that sense he's very nurturing and i think that um maybe he has a bit of like a hero complex yeah where i think he really likes the position of which is not a bad thing to have i think he likes the position of like helping you know newcomers oh yeah you know feeling that pride when they start to you know thrive in the industry and somehow like eclipse his own career (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> it's happened you know and i'm sure he's talked about it where you know you know yeah, yeah. i mean everyone's always like you're just that guy on the exactly road. yeah 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 i yeah. wonder if I, I i can imagine what that feels like you it's, know? Yeah, it's you know, a weird feeling i guess yeah. i mean i remember the first time i met you oh yeah um 
um, Bobby had given me a different description of the kind of comic that I was about to see. He said, you know, this guy's really clean cut. He's a Christian. He's, you know, you're from Kansas, right? Yeah, yeah. Kansas. And so I had this image. I was like, whoa, this is going to be some like, you know, you know, some country bumpkin yeah. talking about the, like the Bible. Yeah, yeah. And basically you did 15 minutes about bumping cocaine. <laughs> and I was like, wait, are you sure? Yeah. Is this, this the same person? Is this the same guy that you described <laughs> to me right before you prepped me on the show? Yeah. And I was like, wow, Christians can talk about cocaine. Yeah, <laughs> Christians can be cool too, dude. <laughs> it's like eye-opening. That's so funny. Yeah, I, I probably met you at uh, one of those, um, either at the comedy store or uh, or I think it was probably at the Brea Improv or somewhere like yeah, that. Yeah, it was the Brea Improv. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That was, <laughs> that was a, uh, yeah, that was always fun, weird weekends with Bobby. Yeah, I I mean you go on the road with him a lot. Yeah, I yeah I used to go on the road with him quite a bit. Um, I've been going on the road a little bit more with uh, Tony Hinchcliffe lately. It's so funny. Bobby came up to me recently. We we did kill Tony at the comedy store, and I roasted him a couple times as I was playing like this king character. Mm-hmm. And he talked to me after the show. He's like, he's like, don't you ever do that to me again. <laughs> And I was like, haha, not a problem. He's like, are you still being the king character? <laughs> I was like, maybe. Oh, yeah. he's sensitive, you know? I know. Even though he's like, he loves to dish it out. He, he'll, yeah, he'll yeah. pull you and be like, how dare you? <laughs> You're going to turn on Papa? Yeah. He always thinks like everyone jumps teams. Yeah. You know, and he, he's really confrontational about that. Has he, ever thre- has he ever been that way with you? Like, you're like, oh, you're on, <laughs> you're on their side? Um, uh, yeah, if I take any like opposing view, yeah. let's say for instance, like if he's telling me like, yeah, you know, this person said this and in fact the other person was correct. I'm like, well, you know, that person had a point. Yeah. And then he goes off. Yeah. He's like, shut up, bitch. You don't know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Spot on impression. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. But I want to, uh, I want to talk more about you. I love Bobby. We'll, we'll probably be talking about him randomly in the podcast but uh i'm a fan of you and your work on your podcast tiger belly thanks yeah how long have you guys been doing that now um i don't know like two and a half years yeah is it weird there's already been going that long um it doesn't feel long we're we're almost 150 episodes in that's crazy telling you jeremiah it it I still feel you know some people like they they get in front of a camera or they have a they, they have a mic in front of their face and eventually you get used to that stuff right yeah I'm not used to that stuff like I cannot for some reason like this wasn't my calling right do you know what I mean like yeah. some people just settle in get comfortable and they're like yeah I can do this forever like mm-hmm. as much as like I love our fan base and I love you know like I love so many aspects of it. When I'm done recording that hour, like I'm so exhausted. Because my hands are so still sweating. Yeah. yeah, like my jaws are still like clenched like this, you know. But I will say that it beats the hell out of any other job I would have had. Oh yeah. Um, you know, if I wasn't doing this. So I'm I'm very grateful that, you know, people latched onto the silly things that we say for an hour. Like it's really comforting to know that, oh shit, like People actually like the bullshit we spew, you know? Well, you guys also do like some cool segments uh, like where you give advice at times and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that genuinely helps people. We give 
horrible advice. Well. Like last week we had a guy. I've heard some good ones where I'm like, oh, that, that's all right advice. Yeah. Bobby always, you know, some once in a while he'll have some, you know, sage advice. Yeah. But, you know, it's called unhelpful advice for a reason. I think that's probably to protect the fact that, like, we absolutely it's have, like, no life. a little bit. Yeah, it's like, dude, like, we're just as dumb, if not dumber than you. And you probably shouldn't be coming to us about, you know, advice about how to get over the emotional trauma of a spinal injury. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I mean, those things are serious and people come to us with like, hey, I'm on the verge of, of you know, taking my own life. And like, we read these things and we're like, whoa, this is really heavy. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, capable of helping him out of that hole. Yeah. You're like, I'm not trained for this. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like maybe I might have my own experience of wanting to kill myself at some point, but you know, like I can't. Yeah, there's a little bit of like fear sometimes where you're like, really, you're putting this on me? Yeah. You know, and I always feel this like incessant need to like write him back. Like, are you okay? Don't kill yourself. Don't do it, bro. You know, that's the only thing I say. Like, just don't do it. Is it, uh, well, I mean, yeah, that's the, that's a, the starting point. <laughs> yeah. For sure. I mean. But I think about that though. Because I, but what if they do it, right? Oh, yeah. Because so, you know how like we're, we live in a society where they always tell you that it's not the way to go. Mm -hmm. But is it not the way to go because it hurts the people you leave behind? Because sometimes you are in such a state of torment in your own mind that sometimes that, that, that might be the way to go, right? I, I don't want to like solicit suicide. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. I'm just speaking. You heard it here on Jeremiah Wonders, folks. <laughs> Kalila endorses suicide. No. No, like I'm not trying to like, I'm just saying like from my own experiences of like being like depressed and being in a really deep hole, it there were moments where that felt like... The only option kind of thing? Not the only option, but a decent option. mm you know, and I've had, you know, my, my stepbrother, not to get real dark on this, but my yeah. stepbrother committed suicide. One of my best friends a couple years ago, like, offed himself in a gun range, you know? Yeah. And I think about what they were going through, and they had, you know, they were going through, like, schizophrenic, you know, like, auditory hallucinations and things like that, and hearing yeah. voices and stuff. And they just couldn't get out of it, you know? Here you are, normal teenagers, and all of a sudden, when you're nearing your 20s, you start to, you know, have a war, a full-fledged war in your mind. And I don't know. I don't know. What's the Christian response, Jeremiah? <laughs> well, if you, if you go the super Christian route, then they would be like, well, they just need help from the Lord, and they just need to pray about it, and they just need to get in the church. And uh, I had a friend who committed suicide uh that was one of my best friends out here in LA and there wasn't any kind of signs which was really really hard for everybody mm -hmm. there wasn't any schizophrenia that we knew about linked to her or anything mm. like that so it was that was really rough like like you said that that your childhood friends they had like some mental stuff that they were kind of going through that yeah, yeah. so whenever like it happened like it was it felt so out of left field that it was i mean it's just as hard to deal with it but it was yeah it was, it's shocking of course like any anytime somebody commits suicide that's like a loved one it's like whoa what how no, do you totally even... and it's traumatizing but then i put myself in the shoes of somebody who is hearing 
three different voices that they're unfamiliar with, you know, and having to deal with voices that people telling you are not real, but you're hearing them in your head. Yeah. And then they dose you up with freaking first generation antipsychotics like Haldol. And now you're basically walking around like Frankenstein. Right. And yeah. freaking drooling on yourself and gaining all this weight. But you don't hear those voices, but you look like shit. So it's like, you know, like, where do you go from there? Yeah. I feel really, really, I, I can, I, f I have so much empathy and sympathy for anybody going through that. Yeah. Which if you, you know, if you are going through that right now, I feel, but don't do I feel it. the need, I feel the need <laughs> to say, you know, try to talk to somebody about that. And, uh, you have people that love you and, uh, yeah, don't listen to, don't listen to me. Don't listen to the weird voice inside your head. That's like, uh, hello. <laughs> What are we doing later? Okay, that's terrifying. Isn't that terrifying? Now, if I heard that in my head, <laughs> I would, yes. It, it, Kalilah. Yeah, oh, fuck that. <laughs> oh, my God. Kalilah, you need to kill Bobby. It's time. It's time for you to kill Bobby, Kalilah. You're going to give me a panic Isn't attack, I think. Isn't that terrifying? No, I think I'm actually having a panic attack. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. All right, we'll, we'll bump the brakes on that weird voice. That's actually, uh, have you seen the, the trailer for Venom? Yes, with Tom Hardy. Yeah. That looks really good. That's that. what that voice kind of yes. reminds me of. Like, Listen, Eddie, we will do whatever we please. Like, it's so, like... Eerie. You're really good at that. Well, it's it, it is a voice changer that's okay. on there. <laughs> that would be dope if I was able to drop my voice like <laughs> that far down. I was like, "Hey, it's me, Jeremiah." Or is it Jeremiah? I don't know. It's creepy, okay. right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a. <laughs> I'm, I was concerned before I got here because you have a really like thin, slender face. Yeah. And I have what you call a prototypical, like, large Asian face. Okay. So I was thinking if I sit, maybe if I sit far back enough, no one's going to notice the difference between your facial proportions and mine. I'm really conscious about, like, my massive face. <laughs> what are you talking about? I, this was a real thought before I came in here. I was like, maybe I should just contour a little bit more this morning and just make sure that Jeremiah has a very slender face. What? <laughs> Delilah, Jeremiah has a very big nose. I think you're going to be okay here. <laughs> you know, that's the only good thing I felt about because I have a, a, a pretty, um, you know, um, a pretty good nose myself. Oh, but then I okay. was like, wait. I got to stop the podcast right here. That is not, what are you talking about? No, what I'm saying, well, yeah, like relatively speaking, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm trying to say that I mean, compared to I mean, you, compared I'm good. compared to Jeremiah here, I mean, yeah, it's, you know, normal if you want to call it that. But I mean, yeah, sitting next to Jeremiah, I look like a goddess. Yeah, this is going to be a good episode no, for I me. No, I had to do an extra contour on my left side. Come on, dude. But then I was like, don't even bother contouring the nose. You're good. You're good with that. Girl, you good there. Don't even worry about that contour on there. Uh, they did this, uh, they did this, uh, this scene on Silicon Valley that this reminds me of where uh, there's he got um, lip injections. Yeah. Uh, this this guy with like a strong profile to make everything look, look smaller. smaller. <laughs> and his lips were like all the way out to here. So that's what it would look like if I like started contouring. I would just literally be like like an eagle soaring in, <laughs> in the night sky with just just nose. 
But I think, you know what? I think that people are so obsessed with looking the same. Like I see a lot of people on social media that even men, where it's like they alter their faces and everybody's starting to kind of look the same in this city. It's kind of, well, LA specifically, absolutely. It's like, just that, that Instagram look, you know, it's very specific. It is a specific look. I mean, I feel like that's why certain people like who are like the, uh, it's like the felicity effect, I call it. Like whenever you change like a feature about uh, yourself that is popular, like mm-hmm. she cut her hair, like mm-hmm. her, her long, pretty curly like hair. Really, yeah, to like really mm-hmm. short. And people, like it hurt her career, like for, like instantly. Like Jennifer Grey from um, Dirty Dancing. She had a prominent nose. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really cute. Yeah. And it kind of just made her face perfect. Yeah. And she got a nose job, and I think it just kind of, you know, made her look too average almost. Yeah, it's like, well, now you look like everybody else. Like, that was that was the thing that is setting you apart. Yeah, someone on Instagram um, commented on a photo of mine last week. And it was like a, a photo, not of my nose, it was a photo of a puppy. And they were like, mark my words, Kalila's going to get a nose job. And I was like, wait a second. Like, what's wrong with my nose? Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> I wasn't about? even, like, truly aware of it until someone's like, oh. I'm like, it's a picture of a puppy, dude. Yeah, I didn't know that I had a big nose until you I was... You didn't know you had a big nose. Listen, until <laughs> this girl freaking <laughs> thought that I, w- I came out of the womb with this size schnoz. And oh, wait, like... that's true because babies don't come out with their... No. No, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Yeah, no, Jeremiah, how do you not know that you have a big nose? So uh, I, my nose came a little bit later. Mine too. Mine came whenever I was like uh, towards like middle school Mm -hmm. is whenever my nose started getting bigger. Also, I used to be a fatter, chubbier kid. So Mm. I had more cheek room. Mm. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So as the weight dissipated and the cheeks started pulling back into my body, the nose started protruding more. And in eighth grade, I remember uh, uh, this kid, Trey, was like, hey, man, you got a big nose, like, out of nowhere. And it shook my freaking world. <laughs> I was like, wait, what did you do? Wait, what did you just say? <laughs> Trey, I, I always thought that I had a normal-sized nose. No, man, it's big. I have a big nose? Wait, everything is changing in front of me right now. My mom always told me I was perfect. What's happening? My mom always told me I was the best at everything. I was the best looking, all that. And then whenever I went to public school, transitioned from uh, going to a private Christian school, mm-hmm. where people are a little bit more on their best behavior, to uh, you know, just out in Mad Max yeah. <laughs> public school community, I-, I found out a lot of things about myself. I found out I wasn't as talented <laughs> as I thought I was, <laughs> wasn't as, as I didn't have the looks that I thought I did, uh, because there's such a bigger, you're in a sea rather than a little pond. Right. Um, and speaking of water, <laughs> you're a swimmer. Yeah. Speaking of water, you want to touch my palms? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Are they super? You already know this about me though. Yeah. Yeah. I have super sweaty, but, but I never... mean like it's beyond like like people are like, oh, I have sweaty palms too. I'm like, no, bitch, you don't know what sweaty palms are. You don't know what a sweaty upper lip is. Don't look at my upper lip. <laughs> okay, I'm behind the mic. You're fine. You don't know what like sweaty eyebrows are. Like you don't know sweaty anything until you've met me. Like I can't hold a newspaper. 
because it, it is smeared all over my body. <laughs> Are you sure you want to touch my hands? Well, I mean, yeah, good thing there's cell phones out there now. <laughs> how many? How often? How often are you put in the predicament of like, I can't hold on to these newspapers? What's going on here? I, I can't stand at the corner and sell these <laughs> these newspapers for a nickel apiece. What's going on? It's really cutting into my career over here. <laughs> okay, but this is another thing I thought before I came here. I was like, oh, I hope I don't have to hold a mic because then I'd have to ask for a towel to hold the mic. Because what if it short circuits because of my wet hands? <laughs> this is a lot of this is a lot of thoughts that that but, went but, in before uh, coming over. But tell me if I'm exaggerating. I'm going to show you my hand. Okay. And you tell me if I'm exaggerating about the the um, abnormal degree at which I sweat. Okay. All right. It's pretty. Yeah. It's like you've been working out. But yeah. um, only my hands have been but, working. Oh, <laughs> just the hands. So it just comes strictly out of the... Oh, my goodness. That is... <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry for your mics. No, you're fine. I can hold it like this. Look, look, no, look, no. Look. Don't worry about it. You're like 100% fine. Yeah. I can take a I can take a wet wipe to it later. It's totally cool. <laughs> Paper towel, wet wipe. Totally good. Totally not sanitary. <laughs> uh, bleach, dude. Bleach. What Kalila didn't know is that Jeremiah had to throw away all the mics <laughs> right after she left. <laughs> oh, let me let me wipe my sweat stash <laughs> and my eyebrows. Hashtag sweat stash. <laughs> my sweat. Yeah, you know your podcast on Jeremiah wonders when you got that sweat stash going on, people. Yeah. Uh, okay, this is the only thing that. You know, because Bobby always says, like, when we first started dating, like, oh, you're the hottest chick, like, I've ever been with. I never. But there's a reason that, like, when I was, even at my my prettiest, let's say in, like, 28 years old. I'm not 28 anymore. I'm in my 30s now. I never felt, like, you know when hot girls, like, they just, you f they feel it. They look apart right like the wind is blowing they in their act hair apart. they they walk kind of a little bit more like in slow motion kind right, of like they, they, they know people are looking yeah they're really feeling themselves yeah i don't think i've had a moment in my life where i've truly felt like the wind in my hair do you know what i mean yeah. because of the sweating because so, every time i try to flip my hair my fingers would would get caught because of like the dampness of my hand. Like I never had like the hair, the hair flip moment. Where so, I'm like, yeah, I really, you know? So guys are like looking like they're like the peer and like, dude, who's that chick? Yeah. And then it's like, hey boys. Yeah. It's, it's really like a, a, a weird thing. Like, and I think it's what kept me humble. You know, that's a huge blessing in disguise mm -hmm. is, is having something as, you know as cure like it's not a big deal the 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 sweaty hands thing but it keeps you like you said it keeps you humble so you had to develop a personality <laughs> yeah i did and i had to find ways to tell people that i didn't want to shake their hand right like even to an employer say yeah. for instance oh. like hi nice to meet you like hi can we chest bump instead i know that's really weird but did like you say that we, at a yeah. job I would say like dumb things like that. And they'd be like, what? And she's like an 80 year old woman, you know, I'm like, oh, it's what, it's what the kids do these days. Just bump my chest. All right, all right. We're going to, we're going to, uh, where was this at? It was at a hospital. Is that a hospital? All right. Yeah. We're going to uh, reenact that uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. right now. Um. <clears throat> Hello, come in. Um, uh, Kali is that how I say it? Kalila. You bitch, just me. <laughs> we don't talk like that. <laughs> oh, you, you okay? You yeah, you're calling in to to for this phone interview. Wait, show. no, no, it doesn't work. 
if it's a it doesn't work if it's a phone interview because I don't want to shake your hand. Okay, why don't you come in then? Why don't you come in? <laughs> okay, right, here, come into the. Okay, I see you on your cell phone. Get off your cell phone and come around the corner. Okay, now. Kalila, is that how you mm-hmm. say it? Wow. Nice to meet you. Hi, nice to meet you too. Look, I have some weird um, leprosy thing going on with my hand. But you want to work at this hospital? Yeah, it's contagious. But you know, I figured I could wear gloves. I was, I was thinking that maybe, um, <sighs> you know, to get to know each other better, if we could just do a, a quick jump and a chest bump. What is a it's, chest it's bump? It's what the kids are doing these days. Um, Oh, you know what? Better yet, let's pa- let's let's do this. A a pound? Yeah. Oh, it's still sweating. Is that wait? Is that the leprosy hand? It is. A leprosy. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So I don't know if if we can. I I was just looking over your resume. You look qualified, but I after finding out about this odd hand thing, I don't know if we can hire you here. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. Fuck you. <laughs> All right, bye. Fuck you, old lady. <laughs> <laughs> the best ending to an improv scene. Fuck you. Bye. <laughs> I'm going to say something that's like, I maybe I have never admitted out loud. Um, I think that one of the reasons, like I, when I went to nursing school, I was so competent. Mm-hmm. And when I did, you know, my preceptorship and you're working in like, you know, you're basically doing your, you're at the hospital setting always. Yeah. I, I think one of the main reasons why I thought I cannot do this job is because of my hands. I don't think that, yeah, because I was getting Botox in my hands and it was causing atrophy, but I was still sweating. I was getting Botox to stop the sweating. Oh. And so, um, and people were like, no, my hands sweat too. Just put talcum powder. I'm one time I did that. I brought talcum powder because I was like, okay, I'm so done. It takes me 10 minutes to put one fucking glove on, you know? And I put talcum powder on, and I made a cake, basically. Oh, it my hands like were so sweaty, up. like yeah, yeah. It I basically made a fucking like cake batter, <laughs> and under my gloves, you know, I was like, oh fuck this, it's yeah. not my profession. Yeah, let me go hold a mic instead. Right? <laughs> it might not slip out as anything. <laughs> and now you made it. You're on Jeremiah Wonders. Tiger Belly's going great. <laughs> this is exactly where we all envisioned Kalila would be. I know. God. All those years of college, you know, all those hard hard classes of, you know, physics and biochemistry. But what's great <laughs> but what's great about going to college is just having life experience, which makes you who you are and so interesting that you uh date somebody like bobby where it's like he's a uh you know a well-known comedian and you're a very smart woman who is very well versed in a lot of topics so it makes for a very interesting dynamic for tiger belly you know what i mean yeah i guess i guess so i'm like a i I always look at things like the weird things come around like you don't know why like you have to do certain things but mm-hmm. i feel like things end up working out in the long run even though right in front of you are like well why did i just go to school for all those years it's like mm-hmm. oh maybe it's for this weird <laughs> new profession of podcasting just for me to have context for different things and, and to me be able to talk about so many different topics i don't know yeah maybe but the worst part is that when you go to college like you learn you how know, many years were you in college i was, I was Probably like 10 years. Oh, wow. I jumped around a lot. I started at UNLV on a swim scholarship. Mm-hmm. 
and then I went to College of Southern Nevada. How how long did you uh how long were you swimming your entire life growing up? Yeah, because I grew up in the Philippines and I swam for the Philippine team for a couple of years. Really? And then I came out here um basically with the with the goal to either qualify for the Olympics or mm -hmm. to swim collegiately. And so I did. <clears throat> and then um What are tryouts like whenever you were auditioning like for the Philippine swim team, like what is, what like do you go through to even get? You just have to make a certain, certain um, time. Yeah, or? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they have these um, time qualifications that yeah. you, <clears throat> and those time qualifications are usually times that not the Philippine country sets. It's like what, this, like for instance, like Southeast Asian games, you have to be at least this fast to compete in this Asian competition. Okay. So is it based on <clears throat> stroke and different? Yeah, so yeah. I was a 200 butterflyer okay. and a 200 breaststroker. So, so yeah, that's what I did, and um, and I came here and I was a giant fob for most of high school. Yeah, yeah, I still am. Do you have? Did you have fob friends in Kansas, Jeremiah? I don't like. I'm thinking of fob, and I don't know if I am really familiar with this term. <laughs> I'm like, what is a fob? It will. It's. It's actually, people think it's like a, a, I guess it's only a bad term if someone makes it a bad term. It's basically fresh off the boat. Oh, okay. Okay. But it, um, pff, that was me out here in LA my first year or two. I was so fob. Really? I was like, whenever I first got to LA, like it was, it was ridiculous. I was waving and smiling at literally everybody walking down the street. I was just like, I'm out in Hollywood. <laughs> I was like, hey, how you doing? Hey, what's going on? Hey, nice to meet you. Jeremiah Watkins. Good to see you. Like that whole, like I literally had to stop being so outgoing and nice whenever I got here because mm -hmm. people saw it like as, as a, as a way to take advantage of me, like mm -hmm. who were strangers, like off the street, like, Oh, hey man, was that? like, like the, any kind of <laughs> eye contact, you letting people in out here in LA, they're like, Oh, what can I get out of this guy? Like, yeah. how can I hustle this guy or, or mm -hmm. whatever? So I did. Yeah. I was definitely a fob for sure. Yeah, but I like that about you, and I hope that never changes. I think that there's always going to be somewhat of an element of that just because, I don't know. That's how I was raised and, and, <laughs> and, and stuff I like think, that. And I think that you should always keep that about you. You're so non-threatening. You're so approachable. You're so warm. Oh, that's nice. And that's such a that's such a refreshing thing to have, especially in an industry where everyone's just trying to kind of, you know, you know, climb on top of each other you know yeah it can be pretty rough sometimes i feel like uh it's an easy thing for comedians the more maybe notoriety they get the more kind of self-consumed and self-absorbed they get and i'm like that's whenever they start losing the qualities that even got them there mm -hmm. in the first place it's like yo people like you because they feel like your friend that you could be friends with mm -hmm. them you know what i mean like i don't know and i think that's probably the beauty of podcasting and I think I take that, um, I like that the most about podcasting. Even when I listen to podcasts, yeah, um, it's always like you feel like you're in the room with those people. Right. There isn't this pressure to speak correctly, to always like to have broadcasting chops, 
to you know say sentences in you know this it's it's like you don't right, have if to you care flub about or something on a podcast no one's gonna be like oh they messed up where right. where it's like hello i'm live on the scene yeah. I'm right outside <laughs> of the where the fire is uh, has not been extinguished and i'm over here and uh i um uh uh, uh oh man this guy's biffing it man he might yeah. get fired you know that I don't know. that or like they automatically assume like she's having a stroke remember that girl who like <laughs> Did you see, remember that? She, she, um, she was reporting on, I don't know, she was reporting on the weather or something and she just had like a brain fart and like, I think that would happen to me where like my eye would roll back momentarily just out of, <laughs> yeah, it would just like <laughs> hang back. Cause that's what I do sometimes when I get anxious, like I, I blink excessively and then everyone assumed they think that she had a stroke. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I, maybe it was a stroke. Yeah. But she, she was, was another messing white- up on the news. Yeah, or maybe she just had a Kalila moment, you know, where like her fucking eye rolled back in the back of her head out of like, she, like just pure anxiety, you know? Yeah. Or like, I'm not, I don't want to look at the world right now. I'm going to take my pupils and put it back there, you know? <laughs> so after you uh, like came out here to the States, was that a hard transition, by the way, from Philippines it, to the United States? It was. Yeah, it, it's it, got to be. It wasn't. Okay. This is something that I'm actually like working on is like writing all my life experiences out because mm-hmm. I always thought that I had like a, a normal childhood until I put it on paper and I'm like, whoa, nothing about that was normal. Same here. Really? Oh, yeah. And I think that, you know, which is fine. Like, I think that's a that's a good way to cope with life, thinking that everything is how it was supposed to be. Yep. But... You know, I had a father who was 36 years older than my mom. So when I came to America, he was well into his 70s. And I was about 15, 14, 15. And I had a mom who was, I think, still in her late 30s. And so we came here. We were living. I, I was, I grew up a very, my family was very well-to-do in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. My dad had a lot of money. I went to an international school there. I, we had a big house. We had you know, um, plenty of helpers around the house, things like that. What's the exchange rate like between the Philippines and the United States? Fifty-two, one one dollar to fifty-two pesos. Wow, our economy's okay. tanking. President's a psycho. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> so anyways, we were well, very well to do there, but then my dad lost all his money, hence why we thought, okay, let's come to America because at least, you know, we can try to see how far you can, you know, make it collegiately and whatnot. But I came here and, um, you know, I was just a very fobby Filipina girl Mm -hmm. and I had a very thick accent. And I remember my dad trying to get me into this other school that had a swim team. It was like La Cañada, Flint Ridge, La Cañada. And, but we didn't live in the area. So we weren't zoned there. We lived in a really, really like crappy place. So I got zoned to a different school that didn't have a swim team, but it was such a blessing in disguise because... La Cañada is a predominantly white and Asian school. Mm-hmm. I went to a school that was predominantly black and Mex- black and Latino. And it really shaped me so much more than any other school could have been. Like I was with kids that were on the low, lower socioeconomic status. Like I felt like I got a little bit more street smart. I felt like I was really living the real LA experience. I wasn't in some fucking rich bubble somewhere else i had to create the swim team things like that yeah so yeah like it was a transition for sure but it was i was really thankful that things didn't quite pan out like my dad had intended i'm so glad that i ended up in that 
you know, it was a crappy school, but yeah. the kids were great. What, so what do you mean that you had to create your swim team? Did you have to like look for opportunities like within like where you were living? Kind yeah, of? well, high schools, this high school didn't have a swim team. I yeah. was already swimming with a club team. That's just a, that's a baseline. You gotcha. have to in order. Gotcha. You can't just like seasonally swim with a, with a high school team. But they didn't have a high school team. But my sister and I wanted to represent the school in, in some way. So, um, you know, we asked like my English teacher who had some background in, in swimming years ago. I was like, hey, can we start a swim team, you know? And we did. And I remember we would compete against other schools and they were so snotty. They were like, oh, Blair High School. Like they don't have a swim team. And my sister and I would get in that water and we would wreck them. Yes. Like, you don't know us, bitch. We're from the Philippines. <laughs> and, you know, these girls were like, whoa, where did that come from? Blair High School has like, and my sister won CIF. And like, you know, we would win like basically every single time we would go up against these like rich schools. You yeah. Know? And we were from a fucking shitty public school. But that was great. All those little things that you, you, you forget about that you think are normal when you look back at them. Like, those are really special moments, you know? Definitely. Yeah. That sounds like a Disney summer movie actually it, i swear to you it's like now I that mean, i think about it yeah this summer kalila and her sister have a little bit more on their plate than what they thought <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna win sis we're gonna do this it's gonna be great yeah we don't get the respect that we deserve out there though <laughs> i swear should i pitch it to disney i mean i'm just saying like i think that's a pretty pretty awesome story yeah, and then you know when I first came um, from from the U.S., it's like we didn't get the usual reception that most people do. So my when my dad had a um, when he came out here to America, we'd already lost most of our money, mm -hmm. right? So he befriended this like Baptist church that was ran by like um, Nigerian immigrants, and so we got a lot greeted. of Nigerian princes at this uh, asking for money for for offerings and stuff like that, <laughs> sending you emails yeah. every week for your tithe. <laughs> <laughs> Dearest, what do they call you oh, on, on those letters? They say, "Dearest so and so." Is that how they do it? Always. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I think a Nigerian prince is actually calling in to the show right now. <laughs> Hi, it's me. Is this is this Pastor Pam? This is Pastor. Yes. What did you say? Pastor Pam? Pam? Pam, yes. Yes, that is me. Um, I haven't spoken to you in so long. How are you? I am good, but I am in need of something desperately right now. Wait, are you no longer at that church on Normandy? Well, we are at the church on Normandy, <laughs> but we need something from you. It's been a long time since you tithed, Kalila. Anything you want, Pastor Pam. You know, I you know, I, I love the church. You guys really helped us out when we first came from the Philippines. Like, what can I help you with? I would like 10% of all of your profits recently. Uh, uh, from? From the last two and a half years of Tiger Belly. <laughs> oh, Pastor Pam, I didn't know you listened to my podcast. I'm a big fan of Tiger Belly. Uh, you know what? In that case, we'd, we'd love to have you on. You and... Um, Sister Lenore. <laughs> Me and Sister Lenore will be great guests on your show. <laughs> I am a little alarmed by your boyfriend, Bobby Lido. Uh, why? Because he's... He sometimes say things about religion that do not sit with me right. You know, Pastor Pam, he loves God. And I'd like for him to um, um, talk... He needs saving, Kalila. Can you save him? I, 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 I try. 
Okay, Pastor Rob, I'll do my best. All right. My work here is done. <laughs> I can't believe he just called in to either ask for tithe or for you to save Bobby's soul. I feel like those are two really different things. Uh, you know, they were really nice people. I it, It's crazy that without them, I don't think I would have made it to America because my dad had like, you know, hit some hard times there and they did a fundraiser for our plane tickets here. Oh, that's that's very sweet. And so when we came through the airport, you know, here I am, like just going through LAX, first time in America, and we were greeted by a just a bunch of people from the church, like singing, I'll oh, praise the Lord, Brother Edgar, they are here. And it even though it was like a very celebratory time, it was shocking for me. Like, who the fuck are who these are people? Who are people that already know us before we even are setting yeah. foot on U.S. soil? So you were welcome. Did they have like little signs and stuff? Yeah. And, and they're singing. It's that's what a what a great entrance into the United States. But I was also it was I was so just it felt like a dream. And then like every week because my dad felt like he had to be thankful to them. Yeah. We had to, um, you know, go to the church and you know, do our testimonials and stuff. And my sister like took one for the team because you know how they would do the, their um, like bodies would shake and their eyes will roll, you know, the whole thing. The whole, oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. speaking in tongues? Or something yeah, like speaking in tongues. Oh, so interesting. My dad was like, they've done so much for you. And my sister's like, I'll take one for the team. And she like pretended to like throw her body into like a seizure-like state. <laughs> what? Yeah, shit. <laughs> I only had been to one of those churches before where... They spoke in tongues, and even my dad, like as religious as he was, he's like, "All right, kids, um, <laughs> some things are a little bit different in this church, and uh, I don't know if we're going to be coming back here." <laughs> like he felt like that was too much. This the hot like that was, yeah, you know, it's too much aerobics. I it's think a lot. Of, just tiring. It's a lot of core work, you know. Like yeah. if you go on Sunday, that's your workout for the week. Seriously, Run, I mean, running those aisles and jumping up and down. <laughs> no. Seriously, Bobby has a joke about it. Oh, he, his joke is so great. Oh, that joke is so great. Oh, that, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining his act up for it right now. But yeah, so that's funny. like, I mean, I grew up Catholic and we just had to kneel on pews, you know? Yeah. You just kneel, get up, and then, you know, put money in the bag. And that's it, go home. Take something in your mouth. And then that's it. Did you ever have to... Uh, go to like outside services like things that were like we, we i went to this uh church summer camp where it was called like a tabernacle it was literally <laughs> this giant like i don't even know how to like like a, a semicircle of of uh of roofing that was like circular almost an arch yeah i guess an arch would be the right word <laughs> it's like this weird arch but it was like a giant ceiling and then the sides were open mm -hmm. so it was so hot in there mm -hmm. and you'd have these paper fans that were attached to these wooden sticks that you would fan yourselves with and there was bible verses like different psalms and stuff on the back or different like people that they were praying for in the congregation <laughs> as you're like fanning yourself and dying and being like can we maybe like move this to somewhere with AC or something? <laughs> it was crazy. That's just part of the suffering and part of your sacrifice to God. Well, you know? every, what's so hard about like whenever you're going to church or something, like what your parents could always do is like, 
Jesus died on the cross for yeah. you. I think you can sit through a 45 minute sermon with a little bit of sweat on the back of your neck. <laughs> like, okay, well, I guess, I guess if you, I mean, that's, it's quite the trump card. <laughs> that, no, I know it's that that god has it's it's true it's like i can't okay you don't think that i go home and not flog myself every night <laughs> yeah i mean you know that's basically what they want you to do a little bit yeah you know that my uncle he in the philippines because we're a largely catholic nation mm-hmm. every um um easter you know when god you know they they, they crucify him he dies he resurrects all of that mm-hmm. is that how you say it resurrects <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's a fob. It's a fob. Yeah. Um, my my uncle was one of the yearly volunteers to get crucified on the cross. Mm-hmm. Like really crucified. Like with the nails through his hand. What? Yeah, that's a real thing they do in the Philippines. They put the thorn crown, the man bleeds from his face. They 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 freaking put him on a cross. They put a nail through his hand. That that was my uncle. He was the village Jesus. Yearly. Would, and- how long does he stay up there? No, they don't really keep him up there for like days and stuff. But but do they, I mean, they actually put a nail through his hand? Yeah. I, from what I remember, yeah. I think if you can Google it, they do this in so many cities and, in the Philippines. And, and they, how long do they keep them up there? Like an hour? Like less? Even yeah. ju- Or maybe it's just like a symbol thing. Like yeah, they, they set them up there for like a yeah. couple minutes and just like so people can pray or whatever just for the i don't know that's so interesting i mean i've never heard of that that is so bizarre i mean i'm hoping now they just use rope to hoist them up yeah right instead of the actual nails that's that's part of the sacrifice and the sweat on the back of your neck i guess so you know that's wild though but see that's that's a good if if you did that i'm sure your parents wouldn't have you sit 45 (laughs) minutes in a tabernacle (laughs) yeah i think that after that you'd be like I just did it last week. <laughs> like, what do you like after that? Like, then, you're, then are they like, oh, that guy is the guy who uh, he did get up on the cross the other week. So we kind of got to give him a little bit of leeway. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> I think uh, I think we're gonna give him one. I, th- uh, I think um, I think we're getting an interesting phone call right now. I think it's a uh, Kalila from the past who had a <laughs> Filipino accent. I think whenever she first came to high school, is this high school Kalila who's coming in? Who's fresh off the boat? I Jeremy. Hi, Kalila. How are you? I'm so happy to be here. You know what? Um, I've been here in the States now for three months, and I am making new friends. And you know, the, the one thing that I don't understand is the boys keep telling me I need to shave my legs because I think that's what American girls are doing. But then you know what? I thought on TV, I said, oh, you know, I'm going to be a feminist. Really? Yeah. That was like a conscious thought you had? Yeah, you know, I thought, you know what? I am going to keep the hair under my armpits and I am going to keep the hair on my legs because, you know, I love America, but I am not going to change for America. How how long do you think it'll be before you start shaving your legs? Um, I, you know, Jeremiah, I, I don't know. Maybe when I fall in love and then he says, you know what, your legs are like porcupine, then maybe I consider... Now, uh, Kalila, have you met any cool new races of people since being here? Since uh... Yeah, you know, my first kiss was a boy named Jerome. He was very, very nice, dark olive skin, nice big lips. Um, and I have, I have big crush on Jerome. Wow. First kiss. First kiss, first Jerome. First kiss was Jerome. Olive skin, what race was he? Um, I, I, he's a black guy. Oh, he's a black Yeah, I, you know, I'm Filipino, we like black guys. Do you like black guys in yeah, the Philippines? Yeah, we watch basketball, we look at LeBron. 
and you know we see these guys with big nice bodies black guys are are the good ones well they're much larger than a lot of uh you filipinos right yeah but you know jeremiah i'm catholic girl i don't see i don't touch their penis like that <laughs> now when are, are you thinking about waiting till marriage for uh, you know Maybe I put in my mouth first, and then I, I can see maybe if I like in my mouth, I put in there also. I mean, I mean, I guess there are some other places that you could put it without it technically. I mean, I don't know how Catholic Plenty. you are. Ah, uh, you know, many holes on your face, mm-hmm. many one hole in your in your stomach. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you put it anywhere. Yeah, and it's not technically sex unless no. it's... Ah, uh, you know, you know, he Jerome, this guy Jerome, he asked if maybe he can put it in, you know... My lubut. In your sunken place? In my yeah, it's my lubut. My lubut? My lubut, yeah, my 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 butthole. Oh okay. when what was your response? But to... then he says you'll still be virgin. I said, Really? He tried to talk you into yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he put a little bit in and then I thought, you know it's what? It's too much, right? Yeah, I went home, I had fever. Gave <laughs> you a fever? I had fever. And I thought to myself, ah, this is what God does. I think that's called Catholic guilt. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And so I did, you know, a few Hail Marys, and then the fever went away. Wow, that's so interesting how that works out. Now, did you see Jerome that much after that? Ah, you know, yeah. uh, Or did he just kind of disappear after he got uh, what he wanted? Okay, so that my friend, my friend Arthur was like, because I tried to call Jerome. I said, Jerome, how come you don't call me anymore? And then Arthur was like, I think he ghosted you. And I said, what's ghost? <laughs> I said, what's that ghost? And I thought, ah, he is translucent. <laughs> you didn't believe in ghosts before this, I did you? And I and I said, You only wow. believe in the Holy Spirit, maybe. Yeah, I said, oh, wow, Jerome really break my heart and my butt, you know? <laughs> he broke two parts of my body. At the same time, that is a, that's a destructive Jerome penis right there. Yeah, I'll never forget. You know, Jeremiah, I, I love America, but you know what? I don't forgive Jerome. Was that your first boy experience here? You said it was your first kiss. No, that's real. That's real. Oh, we lost it. High school, Kalila. I can't believe... <laughs> I'm so impressed with uh, with how honest that high school Kalila was, you know? She was just like... Hey, that was kind of therapeutic. Yeah? Yeah. You know, because I I really had very hairy legs. I didn't know that that was a thing girls did. Right, it was like an American trend, yeah. Yeah, and so um, I just kind of let it all like hang free. I, wasn't, I didn't really have too many hang-ups about my appearance until mm-hmm. I came here. And they were like, girl, your legs are... I'm like, are they? You know? But and I never really gave in either. I was like, fuck it, you know. Yeah. Um, and I had I had braces and I had big gums because my braces kind of like pushed my teeth together and like made my gums real swollen. Yeah. And so I had a really poor tooth to gum ratio. And on top of that, I had like fucking metal things in my mouth. I had like a bowl cut. I've, I was very uncute. But Jerome was the first guy. He's like, hey, girl. I see some potential. Yeah, he used to corn me. He used to call me cornbread because I was a swimmer and I had really thick legs. So cornbread. <laughs> and I was, did you call me cornbread? No, hold on one second. Did you just call me cornbread? <laughs> and I was so yeah, flattered. Girl. And I remember it was like after school, and it was like he was sitting right in the library, and a guy only had like two, like he only ever wore like two different shirts for like the whole four years that I knew him. 
But he was so nice. And like, that yeah, was my first kiss. I was like, I'll, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try. Wow. He was my first kiss ever. He was my first kiss in America. And then in the States. It's with, with a black guy, I'm sure, too. Yeah. Yeah. Not many black guys God in the bless Philippines. bless you, Jerome. I right? should find him on Facebook. Find Jerome on Facebook. <laughs> send him the link to this. He's going to love it. That's actually when my friends and I go drink. That's that's our toast. To Jerome? You know how people say, to Rome. I don't say to Rome. I say Jerome. Jerome. To this day, and it's an inside joke because I really thank him for like being the only cool guy who like gave me a chance. Wow. Yeah. Well. And eventually my hair grew out, the braces came off, and then I just started sucking dick of all kinds. <laughs> but before that, it was just Jerome. <laughs> there she goes. <laughs> the braces are like popping off. <laughs> hair is sprouting out from the bowl cut. All of a sudden, like like a razor is like shaving your legs as you're walking down the stairs and like is that the same Kalila that we saw in first period? Yeah, it was like my she's all that moment. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like a total transformation. So what what year do you feel like you, like, were you in high school still or was it college whenever you, you got your braces off and you started? Because it's got to be quite the flip of how guys treat you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of whenever, like, because I remember, like, like, it would always be like a, a girl in high school, like, dude, did you hear that Annie got her braces off, dude? Like, it's like that instant, it's such like that, that, like, that surface level of like physical attraction. What, what year was that for you in high school or college? Whenever you kind of started to come into the Kalila that you are now, like last year. <laughs> I swear to you, I, I never really had that moment where I was like, oh, yeah, I got it going on, you know? <laughs> and even when the braces came off, the fucking, the, the swollen gums were still there. You know, I had to get those things, like, basically cut out of my mouth. <laughs> What's up, puff of fish? <laughs> <laughs> I swear to you, like, I was all gums for a while. And then... Um, Gummy bear. <laughs> yeah, but it does, it does change, you know? I think that um, towards the end of my high school, I was able to get a, a decent looking date to prom right right you yeah know? things change like on that level yeah and um but i was a really you know i had like i said i had a really old father and a mom who was equally as culture shocked as i was and yeah kind of just we were poor we were trying to she was trying to figure things out and so i didn't have a lot of guidance i didn't have the sex talk like you you didn't have the sex talk i yeah. didn't have it either so i had to navigate through that whole feeling horny stage all by myself and i probably made a lot of mistakes and i probably for a lot of, for attention i probably did things with boys for that like instant gratification of feeling like wanted because i didn't you know high school for me was a really like strange time yeah so after what well, you were in school you said high school college you were swimming in college and then you swimmed at a professional level for a bit right um when I got to college at UNLV, mm -hmm. I was forced to redshirt because um, there was some like NCAA violation of like not because I went partially to school in the Philippines before I came here. Okay. And UNLV coach really fucked me over because I was on a full scholarship and going from my first year of a full scholarship to being like, okay, now you're on your own. So I had to go find a club team and swim and then try to figure out if I could still qualify for the Olympics. And, you know, I... I never really got there. Sensitive subject. <laughs> sorry, to bring, you. sorry to bring it up. That was my wish every year on my birthday. I want to make to it qualify. to the Olympics, blow the candle. I want to make it to the Olympics, blow the candle. You think it's too late for me? <laughs> it's too late, huh? I can't have some fucking like stellar comeback in my 30s, right? Hey.
it's going to be the ending of the Disney movie that we're pitching <laughs> on Monday together. I'm setting up the meetings. At 30, at 34. She av- she overcame all odds. <laughs> she thought her dream was on the shelf until she went on Jeremiah Wonders. <laughs> What's Jeremiah Wonders? Don't worry about it. It's part of the plot. Oh, God. How sad. No, it's not sad at all. Everybody has their dreams. Sometimes things get pushed to the side or or it's one I had I, I thought that I was gonna be a professional basketball player whenever I was growing up and it was the best thing that could have happened to me that I got cut from did the basketball. Did you really team. believe that you were gonna play professionally? Yes, I did because I was tall, I was in Kansas and uh I was v- super competitive and I also had a very caring mother in my ear that was telling me how talented I was all the time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I genuinely thought, and then I got, I, you know, in high school, the height and skill level goes so far up that, uh, yeah, I got cut, um, my freshman year, but then I worked really, really hard and I made it on the team in my sophomore year, but then I got cut my junior year. And that was whenever I knew that it was over for mm-hmm. sure. Cause I was like, if you're not on varsity by junior year, it's not. It's just not gonna happen. Did you go to? Was your high school like a big basketball school? Yeah, Kansas basketball is like super. Mm. It's like big in all the schools there. Mm. F- football and basketball are well. F- I mean, honestly, football, basketball, and and even baseball. But basketball is like super important because we have like KU there and yeah. stuff like that, and and everybody's trying to like get to KU because they know that I don't know. It's like where if you're super talented, that's where you're gonna to, to go. Yeah. 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 Um, let's get into this next segment called Fanning Out. Ooh, okay. Fanning Out. I reached out to people on Instagram and Twitter and asked them if they could ask Kalila any question. Hold on, let me, let me wipe my, <laughs> my sweat stash again. <laughs> if they could ask Kalila any question, what would it be? Okay, okay, okay. I'm um, ready. At Brian BKO on Instagram, how much behind the scenes work goes into running Tiger Belly with the crew? Um... A lot more than you think. Oh, I, probably for our <laughs> listeners, but I I know how much <laughs> behind the scenes yeah. stuff it takes. It's a lot. I but. think that now we're probably a, a better oiled machine than we were in the beginning. Of course. And so it kind of becomes um, pretty easy at some point. But look, like I, in, in the beginning when Bobby and I first used to do it, we didn't have a third person. We didn't have, it was just him and I and I would edit everything. And there were moments where we'd finish an hour podcast and then realize that I actually had to turn on the, the, the Zoom. And I'm like, oh, shit. Uh-oh, got to tell Bobby now. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, yeah, that didn't quite work out. So, But, you know, we have a really um, great team. We have two other people, George and, and Gilbert, and they make things so fun for me. Yeah. They, they're just, they're like, they're basically my brothers. They, I've never felt more at ease in a room with people than when those two are around like they're just super supportive they have they're always taking care of everything and um but yeah it's it's work you know yeah and it's not it's easy to put out any podcast but it's not easy to put out one that's really go like consistently like there are certain things you always have to do and that's you have to you know upkeep the social media Mm -hmm. we're not always very good with that um, you have to make sure that it comes out at a certain time every week. You have to make sure that, you know, things are edited properly. 
yeah. which we're not always very good with either because Bobby says some wild shit sometimes and I'm like, yo, you can't say that. I can take that shit out, you know? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but you guys have a lot of, you guys are good at posting clips and having all your episodes up and that that's huge but you know there are podcasts that do a much better job now we have a clips channel which mm-hmm. we're a little behind on that but you know we have a, a, but before that i mean there are other podcasts that just every week their content is just out there out there out yeah there. um so yeah there's a lot but that I goes feel like into that's part it. of the growth of the trajectory of the podcast you know as it gets more popular the more people want to see those clips the more that they want you guys would be on top of social media. So I feel like it organically, like they both pick up at the same yeah. time. And I'll tell you what, um, our fan base is the shit. They're every, you, what was interesting for me being an outsider of the tiger belly effect is I was touring with Bobby before the podcast. Mm-hmm. And then I was touring with him at the same time as when the podcast started to pick up some heat and it was you could always tell who the Tiger Belly fans were mm-hmm. for after the shows. So nice, yeah. Everybody's so nice mm-hmm. and super respectful, and they're genuine, like just fans of comedy. And I remember them in the show. I was like, oh, these were like the good laughers in the crowd. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and they're not uptight. They're open. Yeah, they laugh. You know, they don't sit there with their arms crossed. They're just really, they're, they're great fans and they're also very vocal. They're also very interactive on, like they, they're, they're just very supportive. Yeah. They're, they're not like quiet listeners. Like they'll let you know if they like you. You yeah. know, and I like that. I appreciate it. They'll also let you know if they don't like you. Yeah. Um, which is, but that's okay. That's okay. As, that comes with it all. That's the same with Death Squad too. People are very vocal <laughs> with what they like and don't like. Uh, at Imperial underscore music, uh, what's your skincare routine? My own sweat, baby. Yeah. You see this fucking shine right here? That's you see this fucking sweat stash? That's my own sweat. Constant moisturizer. Yeah, someone I it's mean It's a natural moisturizer. I've been every week someone tells me like you're too fucking oily. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck to do. That's just how this shit comes out of my pores. Yeah. You know? There's the apocrine glands just coming out, you know? I get I get oily in, in this area and I, I've got a, I, I use wipes uh, before I go on stage sometimes. So it's not distracting. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Because I mean, like I, I would imagine like that's, I wouldn't want to see anyone sweating up there. Like, no, I try to, yeah. If I ever start actually sweating, yeah, I always try to wipe. Like real, like beads of sweat though. Not like shiny and nervous. Like yeah. that, that's what I always, that's my general vibe. Right. Is just shiny and nervous <laughs> and blinky. Current mood, shiny and nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, somebody asked uh, at Bud Light Mike one, um, why sometimes can't you wear headphones and stuff like that? He said, "Oh, it's the same reason why I told you. Yeah. Like, do I have to wear these? Yeah, I yeah. have really bad um, TMJ problems. Mm-hmm. So, like my um, temporal mandibular joint, which is this joint right here in my jaw, yeah, clicks a lot. Um, I have a hard time. Um, yeah, I have a lot of pain on my face. Gotcha. So headphones sort of exacerbate that." Hopefully you're not too uncomfortable. I'm gonna right walk now. out of here crying. It's okay. all your fault. All right, so. Perfect, uh, Jerome. I'm gonna hit you up. At uh, <laughs> uh, Pete Ordinary, do you remember your last competitive swim event? Like it was yesterday. What does what do you miss from swimming? Um, I miss the feeling of racing. I don't miss the culture of swimming. Um, I think it's very. Uh, Hey, it's very lonely. It's a, it's a very like, it's an individual sport. And a lot of the kids not shitting on anybody. It's a very like sheltered sport. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and I always felt out of place. You had a bunch of like well-to-do kids. I was always sort of the, you know, the girl who took the bus to practice. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was, it's, but I miss racing. My relationship with water nev will never end. I am always in the ocean. I still free dive. I still swim on my own. My relationship with water is, you know, like we cannot split us apart. Yeah. But swimming as a sport, I don't know if I would put my kids into it. Interesting. They would know to swim for sure. Yeah. I don't but know the, if the culture is and everything. Yeah. yeah, it was never a sport that I actually enjoyed. Not even in college. I, mm -hmm. Yeah, it wasn't my thing. Hmm. Uh, at Nick J. Cody, what was your worst joke when you tried stand up? Oh my god! Because you tried it. How long did you try stand up? I tried it like for? three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was just basically Bobby saying, "You got to try it, so you know my plight." I think oh I saw. God, I think so... we did a mic together no, you one didn't. time. You never seen me. You no? never. Nope, never. If it was flappers, then I didn't do as bad. But there was one. <laughs> no, I've never seen you there. If okay. I had seen okay. you, we wouldn't be friends. You know what it was? I, you know what it was? Is Bobby, uh, he approached me and he goes, you know, do you know this name, so-and-so? And I go, uh, yeah. He goes, do they ever come around the comedy store? And I was like, I, I, don't, I don't know. Sometimes he's like, if they're ever here, you point them out to me because they said some pretty mean things about Kalila. Yeah. 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 You know what I'm talking about. I don't, I don't remember the name anymore. I just remember Bobby being so livid because it was like, you know, somebody was coming. Well, at yeah, because I was doing an open mic mm -hmm. and I don't, he just happened to know, like I never mentioned that I'm Bobby's girlfriend Yeah. and I guess he happened to know that. And he was another comic. He was, and he started, like, who heckles a three-minute fucking open mic set? <laughs> yeah. Like, why are you... You're another comic. And he started talking about me, like, you know, blowing Bobby and fucking that's how, that's how I'm trying to make, you know, my name. And I'm like, wait a second. Like, I'm not even doing stand-up for real. Yeah, what are you... Like, yeah, he was really, like, aggressive and drunk. Weird. Yeah, so I was like... And that Flapper's open mic is, like, early, too. Yeah, I was like, dude... Lay off the beers. It's a three. I'm here for three minutes. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure I bombed. I'm you know it just wasn't my thing. If I have a problem, if I'm already sweating doing a podcast, you can imagine how shiny I am, you know, on stage. <laughs> it's it's I'm just a shiny, nervous person. Did you have a worse joke that that you remember telling that you're like, oh, this one bombed real bad? Um, let me see. Probably like when I likened my vagina to like. A moth or something like that. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, like a moth on a wall or something like that. But then it's like, oh, that's so hacky because like everyone talks about the shape of their vagina, you know? And I was like, oh, I'm never doing this again. No one laughed. I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's uh, it's not fun sometimes. It's not. I mean, you you guys are great. I don't, I all props to you and maybe that's why bobby was so insistent on me doing it so you could just experience what it was yeah, once but it's like i've always appreciated what he's done i've always said look i could never do that but somehow he wanted me to take it to the next level and just he wanted my armpits to sweat H have you tried to show him any swimming things you know he's a pretty good swimmer pretty good swimmer he, there's there is a misconception about that fat boy athletic he is so agile it shocks me. In fact, he is way more agile than I could ever be. I'm great in the water, but I'm not great on my feet. 
Like I could play horse. Like I could shoot from the three point line, but like only at an angle. Like I can't even do a proper layup. Bobby can ice skate. He, he has like that quick twitch agility. Right. But he can also like, he's because he was a wrestler, he can tumble. He can ice skate. He can play tennis. He can play ping pong. Like he, he, he's just an agile and shockingly athletic person. It blows my mind. Which has got to infuriate some people that if they play against him and some yeah. of these are like, this isn't, I thought this was going to go my way, you know? Yeah, he, he played, when we were in San Diego once, um, we went to this like rock show and we went backstage and the singer of Interpol um, just happened to be there and he was like, do you want to play ping pong? And Bobby's like, uh, yeah, I guess I will. Like, you know, I, I didn't even, I had never seen him play ping pong. I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, you can't even walk one flight of stairs before like basically like, you know, dying. You can't play ping pong against this like semi-professional rock star, you know? And this guy was fucking amazing. But guess what? Bobby beat him. Whoa. They played for a whole hour. I've never seen Bobby freaking move like that in my life. He was quick on his feet. Yeah, I was I, like, what the that, fuck? I bet that Interpol guy was so frustrated. He was. He was like, oh, he's, I... He's not used to being beat. Those mm-hmm. those are the guys who, like, whenever they get to a certain level of skill yeah. and they're interacting with other people in the entertainment business, mm-hmm. you stop playing people to a certain skill level because you're they're doing their craft and they stop getting good mm-hmm. at that. And then they come across somebody like that. It's infuriating. Yeah. I played uh, Judah Friedlander in oh, a yeah. uh, ping Here, pong he's tournament. He's amazing. If Bobby's good, I would love to see him and Judah play because Judah, I'm like a pretty good player, but I'm not like amazing or anything. And Judah would not let me get one point off on him. But isn't he like, doesn't he legitimately play like he's professional? Yeah, yeah. He's like ranked. <laughs> yeah. It's unbelievable. You should go practice on top of that Korean spa, a Hyundai spa right here. Oh, yeah? Yeah. They have like, they have like hardcore ping pongists. Yeah. <laughs> Table. Ping pong player. Yeah. Table, Table tennisers. Tennis <laughs> <laughs> table tennis sirs, yes. So they have ping pongists. Gentlemen table tennis players. Yeah. They come with headbands. They're really, really like serious about it. Yeah. And they practice there on top of the of the Korean spa. Nice. Yeah. You should go and do your thing up there with Bobby. I went to a Korean spa with Bobby once and uh How'd it, go? I, it was amazing. <laughs> Did you wait, hold on. Did you get fully naked in front of him? Oh yeah, absolutely. You did okay because yeah, he's cause, been with other comics who don't. Yeah, and 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 whenever we were on the way there, he's like, "You're gonna have to get naked." I was like, "Okay." He's like, "Really?" He's like, "I've taken other people, and and they only will get down to their boxers." So I was like, y- "They go to a spa and they're in their boxers," and <laughs> yeah, yeah, we yeah, it was it was great. It was they the temperature in those Korean spas though is insane. Of how hot it gets. Well, th- that one is. That one. That's he, why he, he keeps he, going he goes, to that. He goes, I go here because it's illegal how hot they keep it in here. <laughs> and in the American spots, they can't even turn it up that loud. They can't even turn it up that much, bro. And that's why that's why we're going there, dude. <laughs> dude, I I refuse to walk into anything that like a furnace like that. It was, it's I think they crank hot. it up like 10 over illegal. Yep. It's. I mean, it's, <laughs> it was... It was scorching hot it was unbelievable uh let's do a couple more and then we'll do this final segment okay. uh yeah we're already a little over um uh do you have any dating advice dating advice from the queen this one girl said at Stra strata vince on instagram um oof i'm not very good at this but from my own experience um i think that 
you know, we're, we live in an age where you can sort of find or scroll or swipe on people. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very, very easy way to overlook the good ones because we're, we're basically just looking at a photo and like some fucking like try to trying to be funny, quick bio. Um, I think there's so much to be said about um, what you feel around somebody and how that person, like no matter what they look like. Um, and that's how I felt with Bobby, you know, like I was really unsure when I first went on a date with him. I was like, okay, this guy could be a pompous, narcissistic, fucking Hollywood type. Because it was like through Tinder, right? Yeah. With how you guys are originally, yeah. Yeah, but I also matched with like, I... I made it a point not to match with cute boys mm-hmm. on Tinder just because I was already aware of the fact that like, it's like you can never really know yeah. how someone is. And I made sure I talked to Bobby on the phone before I met him because oh. I needed to know if like we even clicked in that way first before yeah. like meeting up, um, not just texting. So much is lost through text. You don't know someone's, you got to hear someone's voice, how that voice makes you feel. Tone, everything. Yeah. And, you know, meet them. Even if you're not fully attracted to them, like on paper or meet them, see, see how you feel when you hug them, you know, that, that, that in-person chemistry is everything. And that's my dating advice. Like just, you know, don't rely on the cute boy swipe. That's great advice from the queen, Kalila. Do you know Jamar Neighbors? Do I you, do. He's so, he's so stupid. I have to ask this. He goes, ask her if she think I'm cute. I, I love Jamar. I, I don't think that he knows me. And I've only... Look, he did a show with Bobby. He did the um, the Viceland show. What Diplo do? Yeah. I think he what is... What would Diplo do, yeah. One of the funniest... I've seen him perform, yeah. too. There are very few that can make me laugh hysterically as Jamar Neighbors. Even his Instagram. I've seen your naked pictures. Love them all. You might be my plan B. What? Just putting it out there. Whoa. I'll let, well, hold on. Ian Edwards is my plan B. Bobby knows this. What's up, fam? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kalala, how are you doing today? <laughs> That's exactly how he talks. Would you like to watch some soccer with me later? <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Jeremiah, what's up with that jacket you're wearing? Uh... You, uh, a lot of questions were um, asking about your uh, just UFC and video games and stuff like that. How did mm-hmm. you get into liking u- the UFC? Video games. I only have a hatred for video games because I don't see my boyfriend much because of video right. games. Um, now, UFC, I started watching when I was 17. I've always watched boxing my whole life because my dad was a big boxing fan. Okay. And he would take my mom to like boxing matches like in Mexico and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so, you or being Filipino, you always like boxing that's sure. like sort of like our you know it's like billiards boxing and karaoke do you play pool i don't i might i might be the only filipino who sucks at karaoke who sucks at billiards i didn't i didn't i knew the the karaoke thing but i actually didn't know billiards was was one yeah that's we have like, a lot of like talent i all my girlfriends fuck kill it at pool really like the best they will take all your money that's awesome yeah i always love playing good people at pool because mm-hmm. I, I grew up with a table in uh my basement so i played so many thousands of games with my like my brother and my dad and friends who'd come over so yeah yeah but with the with the ufc thing i started watching when i was 17 because of um a good friend of mine mm-hmm. and that just sort of it, it became our thing to watch it when it came out which was once every three months back then yeah or maybe even less than that and then we would watch a lot of Pride and so UFC. So huge now. 
And yeah, it just carried over into, but I I know nothing about actual fighting. I just like watching. I'm just a casual spectator, casual do you, fan. Do you have a favorite fighter or anything like that? I have a lot of favorite fighters. And it's usually not like the champions or who mm-hmm. like takes the belt. Right now, my favorite fighter is a guy who's a um, um, an, an Australian guy named Robert Whitaker. And I think I know everything I like about him. He's like humble. He's like low key, but he's so fucking talented. He's That's my awesome. favorite guy right now. Nice. Well, this brings us to our final segment, Sax Talk. Oh, Sax Talk. Oh, jeez. So, I am going to play some sweet, sweet saxophone Wait, underneath you. When did you learn to play the sax? Uh, around third, fourth grade. And did you choose the instrument? I actually did. I saw somebody playing it, and I was like blown away. And I actually saw somebody playing it in church. So it wasn't even that jazzy at all. But I was like, that sounds so different from all those other instruments that are on stage. Yeah. Because there was it was in church. So there's like a piano, maybe a trumpet. And then uh, there was one guy playing sax. I was like, what is that? And I just was instantly, I told my mom, like whenever I saw, I was like, how, how do how do I how can I start playing that? She's like, uh, well, I, <laughs> I I guess we can look into lessons and stuff like that. And then we rented the sax for years until uh, uh, I paid it off. And uh, so this is the same sax that I've had since like third grade. That's amazing. Yeah. And like, have you, it, Kenny G, he's a sax. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sis. One of one of the best. <laughs> yeah. He's a sax offender. Yeah. <laughs> he's a sax. <laughs> yeah, a sax. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's the only creepy part of whenever I'm a shot. Um, okay, I just, just like gotta how... wet the reed real quick. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I know what the reed is. I watch Mozart in the Jungle. Yeah? Yeah, so I know what so the, you get get a wet the reed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to play this bad boy uh, underneath while you t- uh, share a story of any sexual encounter. Oh, can I, I have to think about this, Jeremiah. You can't just... Sexual encounter. It can be a sexual encounter. It can be a sex story. It can be literally. It can be a hookup that happened that was weird or bad or, oh, or anything like God, that. But aren't they all? I mean, then you got a big old catalog. <laughs> I'm just gonna go back into my childhood, and I've already told this story, so I might as well just like, you know, say it again. All right, here we go. Or you can you can do that one, or whatever whatever you're comfortable with. If you want to do a different one, if you've already told that one, you can do whatever you want. Hold on. Can I go morbid and like yes, talk about like absolutely. being um, s- sexually um, assaulted? <laughs> yes. Let's let's do it. Let's do it. It's it going to w- be your first sexual assault over sex. Yep. All right. Uh, oh, that's sad. We're not trying to make it like a lighthearted thing, but this is my way of coping. All right. Sexual assault. Here we go. Yeah, sexual assault. Yeah. Uh, do I start? You start. Okay. So... So when I first came here from the Philippines, I um, I had to see uh, a doctor for like an achy hip. <laughs> and when I saw Dr. M for the first time, he did, he said, let me give you a physical. <laughs> so sad. And so I thought, oh, okay, um, you know, he's going to check my hip. He's going to take my blood. He's going to do this. But Dr. M then says, oh, I have to check you down there as well. At which point I said, wow, American doctors are so thorough. My hip just hurts. And but anyways, I said, OK, that took my pants off. 
At which point, Dr. M decide, decides that he needs to <coughs> probe my asshole and... And every following doctor visit for the next three years, even if it was just for a runny nose, he would probe my asshole. <laughs> and it wasn't until I talked to my sister and I said, hey, does he probe your asshole too? <laughs> Is when she says, yeah, in fact, he probes my asshole and my vagina as well. And I ask her, wait, is this is this what he's supposed to do? And she's like, yeah, I think so, because he's just doing a thorough physical. That's what he's telling me. Turns out he was just a sex offender and he wanted to probe teenage asshole. <laughs> so sad. about it every night <laughs> and that was definitely the least sexy sex talk ever <laughs> how it's, sad is that it's very sad it, i mean it's it's uh, oh, th this is this is definitely the first sexual assault we've ever uh, had on um jeremiah wonders and uh yeah, uh, if anybody uh, is listening to this that uh, has something weird going on in the doctor, just tell a parent or or or, or so, an adult. <laughs> no, but you know what's so weird, Jeremiah, is that like, I honestly, because I was so new to the country, I just thought that this doctor was like fucking doing his job. I was like, whoa, I have pink eye and he's fucking checking me from the inside. Oh, weird. Because I was just a dumb... I didn't know. Well, of course. I, I was afraid of authority and afraid of anything of that sort. You, you think know? whenever you're... Especially whenever you're sheltered because like you're very sheltered, you are so afraid of doing something that's either wrong or that you're going to get in trouble for that mm -hmm. you sometimes go against your gut and you're like, no, they're the adult. They know what's best and you don't, you don't think about yeah. stuff in those situations so i mean as a kid you're just innocent and you have no context for anything so you're like well they're a professional doctor so they're just doing what they're supposed to be doing yeah you think that your parents are not going to thrust you onto people that would do that to you because you think oh, you know this guy's it's america they don't do these things here yeah yeah especially Dang. coming from another country like it's so crazy i'm sorry to end on such a sad note how do we we can we can fix this yeah let's fix this <laughs> i'm okay by the way yeah i'm i'm totally okay i think that the sax thing was really therapeutic for me there you go yeah and you know it helped me um create a uh fonder memory of the experience <laughs> now i have music background music to my memory right <laughs> you got some what is it there it is you have a different memory associated with this now. We're gonna cleanse the palate completely. And now only good thoughts to leave you with this podcast on. Is there anything else that you want to plug before you, you go? No. <laughs> what a weird question to ask right after that. I want nothing plugged for a long fucking she time. Wants nothing plugged for a very, very long time. Um, 
But I do have a podcast, Tiger Belly. You can find us on iTunes. We also have a YouTube channel. We also have a Clips channel that we just launched. And you can find me on also uh, all forms of social media at Calamity K. That's K-H-A-L-A-M-I-T-Y. K. Yeah. thank you so much for coming on Jeremiah Wonders. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. You're an amazing guest. Oh, thank you. So fun. Oh.